of God's church, and they just get it, that's the truth. Uh, I really do praise God for your passion, brother. I thought I was a passionate guy. Man, this brother. So, uh, but we're excited. Um, I, many of you have met my family already, but again, just, you know, the nature of Five kids, Anna, she's not here, um, but uh, we also have Ron Jr., he's not here today, and I do, so five kids, God bless those kids, but we are blessed, my brother sitting in the back there, that's my, not only my brother in Christ, but my biological brother, much older brother, <coughs> but wise, that's wise, and then of course, uh, some AFC folks I saw it was Ben back there, and I'm excited to see Ben tomorrow. Um, so, so I'm 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 pumped, man, to be here. I'm pumped to be here. Um, we came, and, and I'll just just by a little intro, real quick, and I want to get into the word. I know Pastor Lance said, you know, I got to stop at two, so I'm just gonna stop right at two. ministry in Fellowsville area of Hatesburg. God had brought us out of Philadelphia where we were in the inner city for, you know, that's where we grew up. That's where we were at church, uh, Westside Baptist Church for a number of years. And God began to tug on my heart. And I remember the day, I forget the actual day, but I remember the day we were, we were just walking somewhere and somebody just said, how do you feel about Westside? And they said, we love those kids. They're small group, that led to God bringing us to a suburban ministry. Who would have thought? <laughs> These people don't have any problems. And, uh, and I kicked and screamed. I kicked and screamed. Five interviews. After the third interview, they wanted to hire us. The other two interviews I called with the very intentional purpose of sabotaging did not make sense that God would be calling me out of inner city Philly to suburban. That just didn't make sense. That's the difference of six kids. And, uh, and I remember uh, this back in 2003, we sat in these interviews, it was weekends, 15 weekends, huge church, 700 members, and they're saying, do you have any questions for us? And we're just sitting there waiting for them. I said, actually, I do. And this was a predominantly white church. They said it was diverse. Evidently, we got a different meaning of diversity. 
because they had one Korean brother that ran the sound booth. That ain't diversity in my book, but I'm going to let that go. So um, I knew this congregation was struggling with music, right? It was back in, the, you know, the music wars, right? Um, and they were ri- very traditional and very choir, you know, choir, orchestra, and, and all of that. And so um, well, this is my question. This is my question. And they asked me if I had any questions. I said, I do. I said, uh, let me ask you a question. First, I brought up race. We have two Hopkins in the budget. I brought up race. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, how long has this church been a predominantly white church? They said, since 55. They said, that's it. And I said, and so you really think by bringing on a black pastor that the wise church could be cured? You are responsible to cure it. And why would you bring on a person, different culture, and I just went off. And they all sat there and looked at me like, and meanwhile, Monique is sitting next to me, smacking me. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, she asked me a lot of questions. That was my question. And we went around the room, and the lead pastor was like, he was sitting there laughing, shaking his head. And he said, okay, give him an answer. And everybody gave me all the gibberish. Oh, we all love Jesus. Oh, it happens to be wonderful. Oh, I think it'll be. And they all went around and came back to me, and they looked at me like, okay, one of two things is true. Either you're delusional. Or you're not being honest with us. Let's just keep it real. So the pastor, he's sitting, he's laughing, and the other people are sitting, sit back there like, yeah. And now they were a little bit more honest. And then the deacons were like, oh, okay. Maybe a couple that might be a little uncomfortable. I said, okay, I appreciate the honesty. How about you? Yeah, there might be some racial things that we got to break through today. I said, okay, what about you? Well, I thought that was it. They're not going to hire me. I said, see, why do you want to put those people in the right place? So they were kind of somber, and they said, anything else? I said, yeah, I have another question. And Monique is sitting there like, and then, then I'll let it go. I said, music. Let's talk about music for a minute. And then the one deacon got deep. He's like, well, what, what are you planning on doing when you come? Because they wanted to hire me as a worship pastor. I was going to lead the whole music ministry. And I said, well, we're going to get some drums up in here. He was like, well, well, well you mean, you mean you mean, I said, yeah, like the bongos, the congos, all of it, man. God says make a joyful noise. Boy, that sent his blood pressure. And he's looking at the other deacons. Like, are, are we okay? Well, I think, uh, do you know where we are in music? I said, I know where you are. That's why you need some drums up in here. They all start talking. And then Monique is. So long story short, you know what I learned out of that? Let me tell you what I learned out of that. We don't tell God we're his God tells us we're his. We're his children. That's what the Bible teaches. We're his children. I learned that. That even though I wanted to stay where I was comfortable in my culture, Philadelphia, people I know, God said, you belong here. You're going to go where I tell you to go. And we drove home that night. believe in the sovereignty of God, <laughs> but I do believe in free choice, too, and I was trying to, like, undo it, and I called later that, that night at about 12, 1 o'clock, and I got to go get the baby, and they said, so, Ron, you want to know the vote? I said, look, it's okay, man, look, I appreciate meeting you guys, no, 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 ABC wins, and Monique is sitting there, and she's like, 
was like, we're going. So we were there for less than a year. Okay? It's amazing what God is doing. Amazing what God is doing. And then about two and a half years ago, well, two and a half, four, I don't know where that fell time is. So I said, okay, I, you know, I'm never going to make a move if my wife isn't on board. So I began to pray, and then this is how it happened. She said, I can do this. I, what about a baby feeling? My little baby. And all right, well, maybe, you know. So here we are. We started AFC, and then, uh, of course, our paths crossed. And I, I got to tell you this real quick, and then I promise I'll shut up. So how did I meet Pastor Jeff? Because I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. I'm in a thrift shop in Quakerville buying a piece of furniture for Brandon. And an old gentleman behind me says, can I pray for you? <laughs> like, um, like, how's a pastor going to say no? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm thinking, woohoo. And so I turn around, he grabs my hand, and he said, what can I pray for? I'm already feeling a little self-conscious, right? So he prays for me. Okay, I don't think of nothing of it. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, thank you, okay? Pay for the debt. As I'm leaving, a sister came and she's like, I heard Pastor Jeff requested that you not pray for your wife and family in Brandon. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Ten seconds. Next second, he asked me, can I pray for you? And I said, oh, okay. He said, oh, you got to talk to me. You got to get me. Unbeknownst to him, I had been praying since day one of the outreach. Lord, what is your will in this situation? Okay. The Allen Town Fellowship at that time was in town. I'd been in trouble. Okay. Just needed to be talking to somebody. I'm I'm excited to be here because for me, this is a step. for you. <laughs> so, with that being said, let's, uh, let's ask God's blessing. Father, thank you. You are always working behind the scenes in ways that we can't even comprehend. God, you said you will give Jacob health and not his bones. God, we, we praise you this morning that we can be together as we share Christ in Christ rally around your will, and Father, proclaim your will. Father, use your people to realign our thinking.
see where it needs to be realigned and realigned. Father, may your word inform us more than we probably anticipate. Let me take you over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and as I was anticipating coming here, and this is a message that I've I've preached at AFC in light of kind of where we are, trying to see what God is doing. Uh, and, and, and I was sitting there thinking, like, what, you know, we've been walking through the book of 1 Peter at AFC, but then with what's going on and what's God doing, uh, for, he laid 1 Corinthians on my heart. 1 Corinthians, God sent me. When I started going through Corinthians, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, we're going to preach this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, divisions of churches. How appropriate, right? Paul, as he writes this letter to these believers, he's appalled by the fact that they would be fighting over different leaders. And that's something that Christians just don't do today, believe God, right? They are pitting the members against one another to the point where there's jealousy, there's division, and what is it over? It's over leadership. I'm a Paul. I'm a Apollos. Have a real serious opinion of that word, Apollos. And Paul writes this letter as a letter of rebuke. The church at Corinth had been And a lot of the issues came from the fact that they lost sight of Christ. That the church is about Jesus Christ, not man. So he writes this letter, and he deals with a number of different issues. But one of the issues he pursues are the divisions that are in the church. Let me, let me just kind of give you the context. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 3, but, but turn back to 1 Corinthians 1. Because he talks about this issue of divisions. Then he goes into this whole section about wisdom, that they are using the wisdom of the world. They are thinking like mere man, right? Looking at the outward appearance of people. Using fleshly wisdom rather than being led by the Spirit. But let's set the context. First Corinthians 1, starting at verse 10. Look at what he says. I appeal to you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Wow, that's unity, right? Now, understanding that that, that, that that agreeing does not mean that we agree on all things. That's not what he's saying. But there is a consensus that we all rally around. And as he unfolds the book, it's Christ. But he goes on and he says, verse 11, For it has been reported to me by Chloe's teacher that there is quarreling among you. Stop there. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? See how he turned it right back to Jesus Christ? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God. 
He understood with this type of mindset that you have, I'm so glad I didn't baptize any of you. Because then you'll be like, Paul baptized me. Let's get real. Pastor Emmanuel baptized me. Pastor Rock baptized me. I'm just keeping it real. This is what it could look like. This is what, and this is what it looks like in many churches. We had five elders on staff at the church. Or somebody, hey, Pastor Ryan, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Um, you teach him next week. And I'm walking, and I'm like, uh, what? Yeah, I just, just wonder. Are you preaching next week? I said, um, no. Are you coming next week? Um, yeah, I'm planning on it. I'm just wondering, like, are you preaching? Are you coming? Can I just tell you the game plan? Yeah. Because anytime I sin, I'm going to pass John. I'm going to pass It's so easy to do that humanly speaking, right? Let's go back. Look what it says, 14, 15. So that no one may say that you were baptized into Christ. I don't want you to do that. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized into Christ. I love that. It's like, oh, wait, 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 hold on, wait. I did baptize into Christ. But I love what he says. Look at 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach. Not with words of eloquent wisdom. See, that's part of the issue. Because Apollos was a man of eloquence and wisdom, and he was a great orator. He could speak well. Apostle Paul, all of a sudden, humanly, what we begin to do is judge men by the outward. goes on and he says not with words of eloquent wisdom lest the cross of Christ prove to be hollow. This has nothing to do with my character. What I do has nothing to do with my character. God is who did it. Now that's the context with this first issue of division. Now let's go to our text that I want to try to begin to unpack. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. As infants in Christ. We were not infants in Christ. What did you mean as people in the flesh? In other words, you, you are simply looking at acting like Someone who's been unredeemed. Wow. These are Christians. We know he's talking to Christians. He's rebuking Christians. But you're not living, interacting through and by the Spirit of God, but rather as a mere human, as someone who's not even And so he says, I, I couldn't address you as spiritual people, as people who are walking in the spirit. I can't even talk to you like that. And you say, why? Because here it is. 
fed you with milk, not solid food, and you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready for it. Brothers and sisters, see, see Paul, Paul came to this church and then left and then heard there were issues. And he's like, really, guys? You're still acting like babies? I gave you the gospel. I laid the foundation. He's going to elaborate that more. But you didn't move beyond that. You know about Jesus Christ. You know it's salvation through faith alone. But you didn't grow. You didn't mature beyond that. I've been part of this church for 35 years. Well, Satan's been part of this church for a lifetime. Tell me how you treat your brother. Tell me how you treat your sister. Tell me how you're exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. Love, patience, self-control, peace, right? All of that. Tell me how you're doing walking based on their own selfish desires. They are, in effect, grieving the Holy Spirit. That's all Paul demands of us. Notice what he says. Verse 3, he says, why? Why are you still in the flesh? For you are still, notice what he says, of the flesh. This has ethical overtones. You're acting devoid of the Spirit. Now, again, they have the Spirit. They have the spirit, they're saved, but they're not walking by the spirit. That echoes Galatians 5. Galatians 5, where it talks about teaching captive the spirit. Yield not to the flesh, but to the spirit, right? So that you can produce the fruit of the spirit or the spirit produces it in your life. They're not doing that. So verse 3, he explains, look, you are still of the flesh. Okay, why? Here it is. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Here's the issue. Jealousy and strife. Now, again, we know that the, that the issue here is leadership. Right? We saw that. That's why I set the context in chapter 1, right? I'm a Paul, Cephas, right? But saints, I want to advocate for you that it doesn't just have to be leadership. That's what it was in this context. There could be jealousy and strife among you for this reason. Satan gets in among us. That's how he gets in among us, right? Little jealousy, where, where you start looking at somebody else and what they are doing, and Satan will come and put that little seed of jealousy in you. I think he likes things that aren't spiritual. I think he thinks you're more spiritual and not as spiritual, right? That's how he comes. And then what happens? We start moving apart from one another. That's exactly what Satan does. Satan cannot take your salvation. I believe when someone comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ, they are secure for the day that Christ will return. 
Why? Because by grace you are saved, not of works. So the next best thing that Christians do is divide the body of Christ. Divide it. Why? Because if I can divide the body of Christ, then the light of Christ has escaped into the darkness. And we constantly do it. We all got to examine our hearts, myself included, and say, where might Satan be putting seeds of jealousy or division in me? I have to examine my heart. There's times where I was on staff at the Southern Church and we'd come home and I'd show my TV on some of them. I'm tired of these people. I'm tired of these people seeing me as garbage. Yeah, I know God calls us to be garbage. Right? And quickly you become critical. You become critical. I don't care that he was a deacon for 45 years. You need to stop making people deacons because they're business owners. There's more qualifications than that. Oh, I wasn't that. telling me, should you be telling him in love? I don't know. Might not be the right frame of mind to do that right now. (laughs) It's so easy for jealousy to come in and opinion among you people. And Paul says, when you are functioning in jealousy and strife, you are of the devil. This is contrary to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 19 says what? Now the works of the flesh are evident. And it's interesting because when we talk about the flesh, walking in the flesh, devoid of the spirit, here's, here's what you normally hear preached. Sexual immorality, as 5, 19 says, I'm in Galatians now. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity. Like those are the ones that you hear pastors preaching. I don't hear as many passionate messages on the rest of them. The list goes on to say jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and divisions. Like that latter part of the list, you don't hear a lot of sermons on that. They're in the same list of sexual immorality and impurity. They're fighting for and arguing over what you to them their wrong thinking. Let's go back to Corinthians 3. Look at verse 4. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? So he's giving them the truth, but giving them exactly what they're violating. That's what I love about the Apostle Paul. That's that's, that's good biblical counsel. I'm going to tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. And I'm going to give you the spiritual truth that is contrary to what you're doing. And this is what he does. He's laying it out for them. Okay? Notice what he says. Verse 5. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? A messenger. nothing to give you. I ain't got nothing to offer you. 
I'm offering you what God has already given through the revealed word, which is the messenger. Stop fighting over leadership. What are you doing? Paul's like, are you crazy? Now, again, the leaders are not fighting. Paul's not fighting. Apollos and Cephas, they're not fighting. It's the congregation that's pitting themselves against these different leaders. Who are we? We're servants. Watch this. Through whom you believe. God is a mouthpiece. He's an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I I love sometimes I would teach up here in the ministry. You know, I was a temple guy. (laughs) Not my word, his. (laughs) I'm not apologizing for that. Now, if you can show me where I did not preach the word of God, rightly divide the word of truth, then I need to apologize. But if you get what, that's what the word says. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, speak to me, Lord. I'm just a mouthpiece. I'm an ambassador. I represent Jesus. Here's the difference. There's different leaders. You can watch them. But I ain't Jesus. I know that's bad English. But I ain't Jesus. Because there are leaders today who forget that they are doers and not those who perform. Context, I know it's a congregation, but leaders today have taken on these types of jealousy and division because they believe in themselves and not in Jesus. God help us. God help you to not be that way. Paul's saying, you guys are jealous of this guy. You're fighting. You're servants to whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. Catch this. As the Lord assigned to each, we're just slaves. Picture we're two slaves. The master comes and says, I want you to do this, and I want you to do this. Yes, sir. And we just go and do it. So why are you guys jealous? Why are you guys, I'm following Jesus. Don't you realize we're we're both slaves? Why are you following the slave? Who does that? You ought to be following the master. We're not boasting in our giftedness. We all have different giftedness. Notice what he says. As the Lord, as the Lord assigned to each. Paul didn't take it on himself. Apollos didn't take on the assignment themselves. God assigned it. So why are you getting jealous? Maybe within the congregation. Why are you looking at what the other person has? Why, why are you jealous over their gifts? <laughs> the Lord has signed them. If you got a problem, you got a problem with the master. He's the one who gives gifts. He's the one who gives to each a measure of faith. Because some are giving what? Prophets. This, this, teachers, right? Here. Don't, don't look at somebody else. Nah, I wish I had that gift. Come and open up your mouth and pray. 
You see how quickly we start comparing ourselves to people? And that's how Satan comes in. When someone's praying to God and you go, oh, he's just joking. That, that's how Satan is. This guy's showing off. He's showing all his cards. Right? Each one of us are assigned a giftedness. We are accountable to God for how we use that. Don't elevate the gift in any measure. Elevate and perfect God. These members of the Trinity in the church have got to be called like Yeshua's believe he's in it, but there's different giftedness. We may not have the same giftedness. That's okay. He likes to put two Bibles and put his sitting on the top. I'm like, what is that man doing? <laughs> put it there. You're putting Bibles up. Well, what's wrong with him? <laughs> We're different. We have different personalities. It's okay. It's okay. He plays his guitar. I love that. I love the passion when he leads. Oh, my goodness. Right? I'm not going to say what I play because we won't actually play something. But, but, but our styles may be different. Right? Our oratory, oratory, what do you say? Oratory, what's my word? Help me out. Oratory skills may be different. Come on. Our styles, man, our flows may be different. All these outward things, listen, that mean nothing in the eyesight of God. Think about that. They mean absolutely nothing. It is Christ that we're proclaiming. That's why we're here. Different gift sets. God saves people with different personalities, different emotions, different temperaments. goes on and he says, look, let me tell you how we've been given different things to do. Look at verse 6. I planted, Paul established the church, Apollos watered, he left Apollos near him thinking he was preaching. Okay. Don't miss what God did through him. Oh, that we would just get that. What has God called you to do? Just do it with all your heart unto him. Whatsoever you do, do with all of your zeal unto him. Why? He's going to be the one to get the glory. Look what he says. It's all of God. Notice the unity among the work. Someone needs to make the salad. Someone needs to make the salad. Yeah, I know, but man, I'm a barbecue man, James. I, I got two grills at my house. Smoker, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, we got Brother Bill going to do that. Could you just make the salad? Oh, you just tied that down. Well, fine. I'll make the salad. See? Sometimes we, in our humanness, what do we want? We want the greatest thing. We want the gift that takes the most time. We lose sight. God is the center. You got to 
problem is you got a problem with your heart. Because your heart is planted a college walk-in look what they say the leader he who planted is not nor he who waters is anything nothing wait excuse me uh, excuse me wait nothing wait nothing um i have you know that i'm gonna let you do that i have you know that this says you're nothing. You say, well, what does it mean in the Greek when it says you are not anything? You're nothing. There you go. Spend $40,000 just to learn that in the Greek. Neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. But only God who gives the growth. Man, can we let that burn in our heart? The same thing he said in verse 6. I planted Apollo's waters, but guess what? But God gave the growth. You can plant all day and water all day. If God doesn't give the growth, nothing's going to happen. That's why you can't put people up here. The people aren't doing it. It's God doing the work through us. Man, if we could catch that, how much more would we do as a body? Stop looking at each other and comparing yourself with someone. Not showing up because of what that person might stop it. Serving together. And he will take the unity of the saints as we use our different giftedness and proclaim Christ. And God will cause it to grow. And we all stand back and do what? Not say, good job, Pastor Maria. That message. No, it's like, good job, God. Good job, God. It ain't me, it's him. Nothing happens of eternal value without God. Nothing without eternal value, with eternal value, unless God is involved. All ministries, anything that we do, they are all added to the church. No minister is better than another. I don't think we believe that in this church. Jesus Christ, shortly before he was fully understand what that meant. But shortly after, he will be denying. I don't know him. And that's, isn't that something? No, don't wash my feet. I don't know him. Oh, you need counseling, man. You're all over the place. <laughs> and what does Jesus say? Oh, if I don't wash your feet, you're not fit. You're not fit to be mine. You're not fit to be part of the kingdom. You're not fit. What was Jesus saying? You, do, do you want to know what brings joy to God's heart? What I'm about to do, a servant, the greatest among you is the one who's a servant. And guess what? I'm about to serve you by laying down my life. Whew. Nothing religious, but we're not religious either. That's the church. Come into the world, Philippians says, that he humbled himself, became a what? Servant. Slave. 
was obedient right to the point. His eyes, his passion were so focused on his heavenly father and why he was sent there. Is our passion, is our focus now on him for what he did for us? That it drives what we do? Or is it that we're looking at him and saying, what you did stops me. Stops me. We live and move and have our being because of Christ. Look at him in verse 2 and 4. at me the same way he looks at you? Yep. Yep. He sees your passion. Compassion sees your passion. I talked to a pastor one time and getting up and move and go and say, what do you got? I have a, I have a feeling. I, I have a passion. I, I, I apologize. Maybe the other day. Man, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you, man. I, 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 I don't mean to offend you, bro. And like, oh, no, I just, I don't know. It's just a cultural thing. I just call people bro. No matter what your title is, and you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, bro, right? You just don't call my wife, bro. Then it's a problem. <laughs> Lord help us. <laughs> but uh, this this pastor was 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 getting up in age, and 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 I said to him, is there anyone who who you feel you know has a heart of the ministry is going to come and 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 take place? He said, Nah, I don't think so. that's what Christ wants you to understand. Is Listen, I believe this with all of my heart. That we are truly the servants of God. And God has called this group of believers out for this time in this location. It is the shepherd's job to shepherd the flock among them. Which means training for the work of the ministry. And if a shepherd is moved on from a flock by God's assignment, and that flock dies out, shame on that shepherd. We got all the same thing. That the ministry is going to stop at some point. Man, this guy's coming to me for counseling. In fact, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's what I think you need to do. You need to start letting gifted, trained men of God that, yes, might be 20 years old or 30 in your pulpit and preaching the word of God. You need to start training up the next leaders. This isn't your work. This is God's work. It's so easy to get distracted. Notice what he says. We are one. He who waters are one. The one who plants, the one who waters, we're all one. Now look at the caveat. Look at, the, look, look at what he says. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. So yes, there is this individual reward or wages payment that God gives for your faithfulness. Okay? 
yes, that's there. That doesn't mean that the work that God has given you to do is any less than the other person. Please catch that. Please catch that. So if I'm faithfully in the word of God and I'm preparing sermons and I'm preaching and I'm counseling, God says, okay, be faithful. There's a reward for that. Again, we're not talking about salvation. We know that. Salvation is not of works. But again, what does the servant do? The servant works in a manner to please the master. What about the guy who doesn't have the gift to lead? He's not been called to the job. But he has the gift of service. And he just sets up people. And he puts them up where they need to go. And he puts the pulpit where it needs to go and says, I got room for you. And he faithfully just does that. Guess what? He will receive his wages. No different than me receiving my wages. Do you understand what Paul is saying here? Stop looking at the system for my master. It's for the one who died in my place. And not because he looked down glory and saw some good in me. No. I hate that song. Hope y'all don't. That's a deal breaker if you don't play it all the time. Do not like that song. He saw the best in me. No, he didn't. Nowhere does the Bible teach that. I was the enemy of God. I was the enemy of God. I was in darkness. I was dead in my sin. Let me tell you what God saw. He saw the best in his son. He glorified in his son. Because of his son laying down his life, he received me. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Well, he knew you were going to be a powerful man of God. Stop. Man, we got to get off theology. Herein is love. Not that I love him. He loved me first. Sent Christ to be a propitiation, redemption, a payment for me. All that I am, it's because of him. That's why he gets all the glory. Oh, that we would, whatever you do, whether you're preaching or sweeping, work with all your might. What's the motivation for doing it? Not the actual job you've been given. That's not the motivation. Work as unto the Lord. I'm doing everything in my life to please him. Watch this. Not to gain him. Not to gain him, but because I have him. Because he's mine. That ought to drive what I do. Let's work for the Lord, not for man. Father, I pray it is so easy in our flesh to judge ourselves by other people. God, you 
But you've been that. Father, we ought to be looking to you. Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. God, all that we do, may it be for your glory. May we leave this place today with the awareness that we are your child. And God, may we just look at ourselves and say, God, what assignment have you given me? What is it that I'm supposed to be faithful with? God, help us not to look at us. Help us not to look at what you've given us. But keep our eyes focused on what you have given us. Father, may with all that we do, work as a child. Work for you because of you and because you have given us. Father, you're proclaiming and revealing to us that God, you will use us. Father, that is so wonderful. You use us. You are giving us a gift. May we constantly strive to use your gift to speak to others about the gospel that you give all to us. Thank you. We praise you. Father, I pray that you'll work through this time to bring about your glory. Help us to have a good faith in you. And by your grace, through the Holy Spirit, help us to be a good witness to you.